Hi, I'm Ahmed Jawid, Director of Corporate Finance at Sandair. Hi, I'm Ed Scott. I'm an associate in the Corporate Finance team at Sandair. So Ahmed, how do you see the M&A market for entrepreneurs and families in light of the recent UK election? So overall, what we are seeing in the market is an improvement in confidence from an M&A perspective as people have more certainty on the direction of travel on Brexit. Now, for example, I have a recent client that I was advising in the IT services sector and he held back on, on his corporate finance transaction because of the news that was coming around the political manifestos of various different political parties, which would have hampered his sales process. And, and people like those are actually now, given the more certainty in the market and the direction of travel, they are planning to launch those processes in the first half of 2020. So in the short run, what we will see is a lot of deal flurry and a lot of deal activity where you know, people would be either buying or selling their assets, which whatever they are trying to do from their corporate finance perspective. But in the longer term, when we go towards the back end of 2020, we still have, you know, the transition period that would be ending at around that time based on the current mood music within the political circles. And what will happen from that perspective is that will create pretty much a similar kind of drama that we have seen in Q4 2019 to pretty much happen in Q4 2020, which will again mean a bit more uncertainty, it will mean a bit more chaos from, from an M&A perspective, and we might see at the back end of 2020 deals to be slowing down, again people waiting for some form of more clarity from the M&A market. Great, so we've discussed the impact on of the UK election and Brexit on entrepreneurs and families, but what about the impact on financial sponsors market? From a financial sponsors perspective, they will see an increase in deal activity from the sh- in the short-term perspective, both from them buying in assets in early 2020, as there is a bit more confidence in the market, and also them offloading the assets that they have been holding within their portfolio as, as there is a bit more momentum in the market. However, from the longer term perspective, we are already seeing you know a shift in from a UK financial sponsors perspective in terms of them looking into building bases outside of UK, whether having people on the ground or making investments from the UK base into European based assets. There is also an increasing demand from their investor base where they would like to have a flavor of their European portfolio being invested in companies outside of UK as the relationship of UK and EU gets more diverged. What's your advice for entrepreneurs that might be looking to sell or raise funds in the near future? So the advice that we give, we give to, our, uh, to the entrepreneur clients that we meet is that, you know, given the challenges in the mark, M&A market and, and the current framework of the M&A market, it would be ideal to go earlier than later in terms of 2020 if they want to kind of sell the business or do a corporate finance activity, if that's what their plan is. But the ones who are planning to actually go on the longer term, slightly horizon perspective of a corporate finance transaction, whether that's a sale or raising funds for their business, the advice that uh, you know, we recently saw at one of the conferences which I attended last month and was being basically you know, attended by the leading CEOs in the UK. There was a great discussion around, you know, what are the key essential ingredients for, for growing 
the business and what it, what makes a good business. And the view on the table was that, you know, you all have to focus about having recurring revenue. You have to know your customer, which is quite essential ingredient. And what that means is you have to have a high retention of your clients because those are the guys who would give the right testimonial in the market and are kind of championing your product in some or service in one way or the other. And another theme that was prevalent in the, in the discussion was having a sensible chairman on board earlier rather than later, which helps actually, you know, to bounce ideas, but also to act as a, someone who can guide the business in helping driving the strategy forward. And obviously we have the concern around what happens at the back end of 2020, whether UK kind of all streamlines its own operations and becomes completely independent to the laws of EU. From that front, I think the advice what I would give for someone who is on a longer term journey from a corporate finance perspective is to possibly think about diversifying some of the operations outside the borders of UK, which will allow them to kind of have a bit more risk, which is diversified across a few geographies and would attract diverse pool of investors, some of them who might only be focusing on businesses that have operations beyond the borders of UK. And that will make them a bit more attractive from that front. So Ed, what are the corporate finance issues that the family office investors are currently facing in the market? So I think two of the main issues for family office investors that I've seen recently is one, there's a changing of the guard between the leadership with the, uh, of family businesses and family office investors, and that's leading to a change of investment strategy. And the second is that a number of family offices and family businesses have become so disparate in their shareholding and their values that there's a need to reconcentrate the shareholding pool and leadership pool in order to have greater sustainability, certainty and clarity of intention as regards investment strategy. So going to the first point, this idea of the changing of the guard. So I recently attended a conference for family businesses in Barcelona, which was comprised of current leaders and next gens. And what we're seeing is there's a real shift in the handover of responsibility from the ancien regime of the patriarchs and matriarchs who are in their 70s and 80s to a younger generation in their 30s and 40s and sometimes 50s who have a new views and intentions and a strategy as to how to go about making asset allocations. I think this is demonstrated very clearly in the way that we're seeing a lot of family office investors shifting from a pure uh, shareholder investment strategy where it's all about the maximization of returns to a more stakeholder-focused strategy that is looking at a lot of considerations beyond just doing well and also to include doing good. And I think, you know, the rise of ESG and impact funds are a real testament to the strategy. And then secondly, family offices and family businesses. I saw one recently that was a 12th generation family business with 250 shareholders and they were really struggling because there was a real divergence in opinions and everyone had a very small part of a much bigger pie with no real impact in how to drive the business forward and how to make a difference. So what we're seeing is that there's a real trend towards the concentration and the uh, of the shareholder pool. So either it's family members buying out other family members, bringing the team back together in a much smaller, more active shareholder group who share the same views on 
business strategy and implementation. And then there's the other strategy of getting outside help. So this is this could be financial sponsors and private equity firms who are able to buy out smaller, less active members of family businesses and family office, family office investors and are able to offer strategic uh, benefits because they're not privy and part of the sort of family machinations and are not subject to family politics and so can offer kind of pure strategic advice which a lot of families are finding very helpful. This is Ahmed Javid and Ed Scott and you were listening to Sunday on Air.